Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Today is currently 6.05 a.m. East Coast time. It is Wednesday, November 13th, and we are going to shoot the video and podcast for the Thursday night football matchup. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to first the showdown slate on DraftKings, as well as some other sites like Fantasy Draft and FanDuel. But you do have a showdown matchup between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not the most enticing of matchups. Probably not what they thought they were getting when they scheduled this game way earlier in the season from the Browns' offense and team as as a whole, right? The run defense of the Browns has fallen off a cliff because the offense has been so bad that you're putting a lot of pressure on your defense. And then from the Pittsburgh side of it, well, Ben uh, Roethlisberger goes down early in the season. And from there on out, it's really just been a, a fantastic defense. Maybe the best defense in the league, underrated. Oh my God, Sal just said the Steelers' run, de- run defense overall is the best in the league. I, I thought the Patriots were good. Relax, they're also good, but when you're the Steelers and you're number one in pressure rate, top five in run stop, top five in pass coverage, top six or eighth, I believe, yes, eighth in um, right now tackling, when you're that good in everything, you're clearly a top five defense, probably a top two defense, and if not, the best damn defense, so... Steelers have been fantastic on defense. It's going to be fun. Before we get into all this, my name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. NBA videos go out every single day. I urge you to check those out. If you've never played NBA DFS, check it out because let me tell you one thing. If you like NFL DFS, if you like these showdown slates, by all means, by golly, by golly, uh, if you like these showdown slates, um, you should probably be playing NBA DFS because they're on the same nights as these showdown slates. Surely there's not $300,000 to first, but there's some really good contests, especially on Fantasy Draft as well, uh, but on DraftKings for sure. So check those out. NBA DFS, in my opinion, is the most fun DFS sport without a doubt, and it being daily doesn't hurt either. So starting with the slate, or actually down below in my description, I have some exclusive content. I will have Thursday Night Football tiers out on Thursday for this video. And this slate, as well as NBA videos or NBA projections go out every single day and all of the far majority, I know I have about a lot of YouTube content, 10 to 15 hours a week, but far majority of my work is over on Patreon if you are interested in that exclusive content for NFL and or NBA. Uh, social medias are linked up down below as well. So check those out, Salvetri DFS on Twitter and Salvetri on Instagram. Starting with my yeses, and we'll go through all these players. Odell's a yes for me against Pittsburgh. It's it's not great, but he's priced for it. Like, this is usually a guy who on these primetime slates should be priced in the 10K range, right? And the only guys in the 10K range tonight are Nick Chubb and James Conner, and rightfully so in my opinion, but... Odell is underpriced. He's likely to see a lot of Joe Hayden, which has been a softer matchup than he's seen out of, as of late. He had a really tough time against Jadavius White, who's probably the number one cornerback this season, if I had to guess, in the year, in the league. He's just been so shut down. And Odell was targeted 10 times and only caught three balls for 27 yards on Jadavius White, including four goal line fades slash passes. Jadavius White, it's really difficult for anybody to stop four goal line fades slash passes to Odell Beckham, let alone hold him to three catches on 10 targets for 27 yards. Odell actually had his way with Chris Harris Jr., the only guy this season to kind of have their way with Chris Harris Jr. in shadow matchups. Harris Jr. has shut down guys like Devontae Adams this season, Allen Robinson, a couple other guys as well. So seeing Odell have success there gave me some hope for his matchup against Jadavius White, but no, no, sir, there was nothing there for him. I expect more production, though, today, as Joe Hayden has been his easiest matchup in the past month, although Joe Hayden has been a solid cornerback and always has been in his career, much worse than he was a couple of years ago when he was with the Browns. But 
Joe Hayden revenge game anybody? No, Odell's a yes for me. He's just too cheap as a guy who can blow up on any slate, and there's probably a lot of negative sentiment out there on him and this entire team. Jarvis Landry at $8,000, surprisingly, is a yes. He seems overpriced, but he's been the whole offense, and I think a lot of this is scheme, right? You've had Odell in really tough one-on-one matchups the last two weeks, so why not throw to Jarvis Landry in the easier matchup coming out of the slot? Once again, he'll have the easier matchup out of the slot, but Mike Hilton has been a very solid slot cornerback this season for Pittsburgh, so you might see the scheme change a little bit, but Nick Chubb's going to have a brutal time on the ground against Pittsburgh's top five run defense, so once again, even if they're going to target more, and they did target a lot more over 10 times last week, Odell Beckham and Landry still had a really huge game, primarily because of his first drive, having three catches for 45 yards and a touchdown doesn't hurt you for your overall game stats, but this is a spot where I do think Jarvis Landry has the most upside once again uh, in terms of individual matchups and just the way that they move the ball in his individual matchup. Then Nick Chubb and Odell and other featured parts of this offense. James Conner is a yes for me. James Conner might be the best overall captain option on the slate and best play maybe on the slate at 10,800. He's coming back this week. He's and he's already been practicing in full. He's going to face Cleveland's 31st ranked run defense. That is 22nd in tackling and on a tightly priced slate like this one is. And what I mean by tightly priced is you only have like a handful of players that you know are good, right? You have Odell, Landry, Connor, Juju. Like, you know those guys are good, but they're priced up. Like, I mean, you have a slate where um, they're all priced up on this slate, especially Landry being $8,000, the running backs being in the 10K range. And then you have just a mid-range of just like a lot of guys that are very meh. Like, you can see there's a bunch of question marks by all of them as maybes for me. They're very meh. So on a tightly priced slate, I think securing in the the safer play that has sure, surely a ton of upside with Mason Rudolph throwing the ball, just trying to check down to running backs, Connor being back. I do like him. I'm not worried about Jalen Samuels cutting into Connor's role. Jalen Samuels has been terrible as a running back, right? Yes, I know he's been catching the ball, but as a pass-catching running back, he's been fine. And that's what you expect as a former tight end. But as an actual running back running the ball on the ground, I mean, Brooks James, this this fourth, fifth stringer who just got signed off the streets, has been outworking him. Similar things can be said for Benny Snell when he was in there, who was terrible in the preseason, outworking. Like, Jalen Samuels, in terms of finding holes, is one of the slowest guys in the league at doing so in terms of time spent behind the line of scrimmage. Not a good real-life running back, um, just a good fantasy producer in terms of PPR formats, but can do nothing on the ground. So I have confidence that James Conner will see a full workload here. Juju Smith-Schuster at first was a no for me, but then looking into the matchup against TJ Carey this week, Carey's been one of the worst slot cornerbacks in the league, slowly though, or quietly really, 33 receptions allowed for 412 yards and three touchdowns, 114.3 pass rating against. Um, one of the worst slot cornerbacks in the league, one of the more favorable matchups. The issue for Juju, as it will remain, is Mason Rudolph is throwing him the football, but in a really beneficial matchup as he's had some tough ones in the past. I mean, you saw Jalen Ramsey last week. That's not great. Um, but now getting a beneficial one, it makes Juju a yes for me again on a slate where there's not that many upside matchups. Uh, Nick Chubb, I just prefer James Conner to pay up for. He's $10,600, Chubb. Um, look, Kareem Hunt played last week. Chubb still played 80-plus percent of the snaps. They actually played a lot of snaps on the field together. You saw Hunt seeing seven receptions on nine targets, which probably hurt Chubb a little bit. Uh, you saw Chubb playing 30% more snaps, and Kareem Hunt ran only two less routes, 25 routes for Chubb, 23 for Hunt. So that is that is a worry for Nick Chubb's upside when it comes into the passing game. But I think his role on the ground is secure. But now you get Pitt's uh, number six overall run defense. They're eighth in tackling. And Cleveland has a bottom five run blocking advantage this week. So you're getting a fantastic matchup um, in terms of Pittsburgh's defense against this Cleveland offensive line. And as good as Nick Chubb has been, some of the things that can bail you out, his receiving game role might be diminishing slash being given all the way away to Kareem Hunt. So a little bit worrisome there. Still a great player, so he's in play on this slate, but not as much interest. Deontay Johnson at 6,400. The price point seems a little bit steep here. Like, I know he's going to play a ton of snaps. Even with James Washington having a career day for James Washington last week, he still did that on 50% of the snaps compared to Deontay Johnson continuing to play the far majority, 70-plus percent of the snaps. Not the greatest of matchups. He'll see a rotation of Greedy Williams on the one outside corner, and then Denzel Ward in the other corner. Ward has been slowly getting better after missing, like, 
pretty much the entire season or five or six games with an injury this year. Greedy Williams missed about three games earlier in the season with an injury. So these guys are kind of grounding into form as a secondary that looked as good as it would be outside of TJ Carey in the slot um, to start the year. Demarius Randall has been strong as a safety. So it's not the greatest of matchups for Johnson individually at his price point. Um, I know he's playing a lot more snaps than James Washington, and he's only $800 more. So I actually prefer Deontay Johnson over James Washington. I think a lot of people will be overhyped by the last game in James Washington, but he's only playing half the snaps, Washington. And at that point, it's really difficult to envision it like lasting, but I get it. They went to college together, Mason Rudolph and James Washington. So maybe there is a little bit of a, a force the ball to James Washington when he's out there type of thing. Kareem Hunt at 5800 he seems overpriced, in my opinion. I understand that he caught seven balls last week, but outside of that, he wasn't doing much on the ground. He did play 50-plus percent of the snaps, but maybe that comes down with Antonio Callaway off suspension, and they go away from having so many two uh, running back sets on. He played seven of his snaps out of the slot, um, where he ran 23 total routes, seven came from the slot. So he actually was running a lot of routes out of the backfield, 16 of them. So those seven extra snaps are kind of where he's on the field at the same time as Nick Chubb, of course. But does that go out the window now with Antonio Callaway coming back and your three wide receiver sets moving back to Callaway, OBJ, and just all the Landry in the world out of the slot where Landry went to the outside part of the time last week, probably because in two wide receiver sets, you'd rather have Landry on the field than Rashad Higgins. So I don't know. I think 5,800 is slightly overpriced by maybe like $600, but then everybody would be on Hunt. So it's an okay risk if you want to take it. Um, he did play 50 plus percent of the snaps and only see two less routes run, like I said earlier, than Nick Chubb. James Washington, 5,600, had a career day last time out, right? He had like seven receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Best game of his actual regular season career. Preseason, he's been knocking it up for two years straight now, just going crazy and ham. But he's still playing wide receiver three snaps. 50% of the snaps last week was 25% less than Deontay Johnson on the outside. So it's, he's likely to see a high ownership number here on a showdown slate, just generally, but also higher than usual because of recency bias. I think he's an okay play, but I'm not going to jump up and down for a guy who's only playing half the snaps on a good day. Vance McDonald at the tight end position has a tougher matchup against the Demarius Randall downfield, but man, is his usage good? Like, I'd rather play Vance McDonald probably over Kareem Hunt here. Um, eh, that, that's close, but um, he's going to be on the field for more snaps than Kareem Hunt. He's going to run more routes than Kareem Hunt, so at that point, you're just hoping for a bigger play out of Hunt, but tougher matchup against Demarius Randall, who's been good in coverage against tight ends this season, but he's still averaging 26.9 routes run per week of Vance McDonald's and that takes into account two games where he was getting back up to speed with his injury so more times than not Vance McDonald's going to run 30 plus routes with a quarterback that just wants to throw the ball short to running back slot wide receivers and tight ends McDonald stands out especially in the red zone here he has a high catch percentage and a good price point. Uh, both de- or the Steelers' defense is in play. The Browns I had at first, but I have much less interest. Look, it's really hard to not like the Steelers' defense when they're ranked top 10 in tackling, run stop coverage, and their first overall in pressure rate. There's serious interest in them on this type of a slate. I think i actually rather play the Steelers' defense over Vance McDonald, over Kareem Hunt. James Washington is the only one where I started to think about it because obviously he's going to be targeted downfield. He accumulates a lot of air yards in this offense. And then both kickers are in play, Chris Boswell and Austin Seibert. Uh, I prefer Boswell um, for the Steelers, but both are fine. I would only get to one. It's my disclaimer, like I always say, because if you play two kickers in your lineup, it's going to limit your upside and very rarely work out for you. Um, and then the players that I just don't have interest in, no interest in the Browns. Baker Mayfield here, again, my disclaimer is I have 12 players in a player pool of interest. If you're playing 50 to 100 lineups or even like 25, you should get more players into your player pool than what I have. But if I'm trying to cater this to the audience watching one to five lineups, which is the far majority of people, well, then I'm going to only put these players of interest on the board. Um, But if you are playing a ton of lineups, yes, Baker Mayfield should probably be in there, but really tough to like Baker Mayfield when his offensive line, even since the preseason, they've known this all year, but they never fixed it, has been so, so bad. And now you're facing the number one pressure team in the league. That's top five in coverage and top eight in tackling. And one of the worst pass blocking advantages on the slate for Cleveland is this week, not even 
just obviously for this game, but the entire slate for week 11. Uh, so really tough to trust Baker there at $9,000. Jalen Samuels is just too priced up. Like if James Conner is going to be back, Jalen Samuels is not going to have anywhere near the same type of role. Now he can still catch five balls for like 50 yards, but is that paying off 8,800? No. If Jalen Samuels is like $6,300, $6,000 in this slate, and then it's sort of a question, but 8,800, he's just priced way too far up. Mason Rudolph is also a no. So as you can see, I don't really have any interest if I'm playing a handful of lineups in any of these quarterbacks. If any of them, I would have interest in Rudolph because he just has the better offensive line and he's going to have some better individual matchups like his um, tight end is going to have a good matchup. Juju Smith-Schuster out of the slot will have a good matchup. He has James Conner back to throw short like he always loves to do. So good individual matchups. If you're going to choose a QB, for me, it is going to be Mason Rudolph, but you have Cleveland top 10 in pressure rate. They're seventh overall, um, and their f- secondary is finally healthy with Denzel Ward being fully healthy. Greedy Williams now a month removed from a lot of his injuries. Um, the interesting spot we'll see is what they do with Antonio Callaway. He's been suspended twice this season, so even if he comes back, um, that obviously ruins Rashad Higgins, who's 4,400's upside. Even if he doesn't like start a lot, Antonio Callaway and Rashad Higgins are going to cut into each other enough that I don't really want Rashad Higgins at 4,400. He'd be a nice option if you told me Callaway was 100% like a healthy scratch because of him being suspended and the team just being done with him. Well, then, yeah, $4,400 Rashad Higgins is probably a better play than some of those kickers in the same price range. Other than that, though, like Demetrius Harris is 4200 I don't want that. He's only running 14.2 routes per week. And since Ricky Seals-Jones has come along, and we'll see if RSJ is healthy, he's not running as much. Ricky Seals-Jones is only running 13.8 routes per week. People just want to get to Ricky Seals-Jones because he's had two touchdowns this year. But he's $3,600, and realistically, more times than not, he'll catch two balls for like 16 yards. That's not paying that off. Nick Vannon at $1,000 is on the field a lot, but he only runs 10 routes per week when Vance McDonald is healthy and active because he's a blocking tight end. Johnny Holton's going to play 20 to 30% of the snaps, run about 10 routes for the Steelers. No interest there, even at $200. Farrell Brown, a tight end for $400 for Cleveland. He's virtually just a run block or a, a route, not a route run. He's just going to... Um, block on the line of scrimmage even if RSJ misses no interest in him so a lot of these guys down here Demetrius Harris RSJ are overpriced Antonio Callaway at 2800 is the only one who stands out but that's if he actually suits up like you get suspended twice in one year how can a team actually want to put you out there over a guy in Rashad Higgins who's been producing since the preseason so we'll see what happens there I think the best like cheap punt value option because there's really not many and that's what I mean when this slate is tightly packed like your kickers at 3800 in Austin uh, Sherbert um Sherbert uh, yes Cybert whatever his name is he's the cheapest guy that I think I have any confidence in after that it's like Antonio Callaway and I have no confidence in him at 2800 do really much of anything in this matchup so if he even plays that is the Thursday night football slate hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and or video hit the subscribe button we're about to crush through 15,300 maybe by the time you're listening to this 15,500 subscribers the goal is 20000 by Christmas or Christmas Eve. So thank you all so much. You make this um, just every single day doing this a dream job, and it's a ton of fun. So I appreciate all the support. Hit the five-star rate and review over on the audio version. Helps me out a ton. And follow me over on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Salvetri. Twitter is at DFS. Lastly, if you hit the show more in my description below the next thing that pops up is my patreon exclusive content click that you can check out what that is all about there's a video of me describing what it is all about as well as packages that are clearly defined of what you would receive for my more exclusive content my name is sal you already know that have a great rest of your day and peace out gang i hope you enjoyed that podcast and before you go if i can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast download a few if you wish but if you enjoyed this podcast if you could please subscribe helps me out help support it so thank you so much and i will see you in the next one